You're listening to the best of the day. I say you're the, you're the best. Halford and Bruff. You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Now with the New York Islanders, number 14, Bo Horvat. All I can tell you is it's too long and it's too much money. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, I mean, you want the truth? Bruce Boudreaux here, formerly of the Canucks. I would love to give you some advice, but evidently my advice doesn't work anymore. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Monday. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650, and we are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. And welcome back yet again to my good friend, Jason Bruff, everybody. Good morning, everyone. Uh, and good morning to A-Dog. You're back as well. Good morning. And good morning to Laddie. You are back from the weekend as well. Hello, hello. Yeah, I've had quite a run. Yes. Pneumonia for Christmas and then uh, the stomach flu. It's like a bad Hallmark movie. I got pneumonia no- for Christmas. Pneumonia from Santa and the stomach flu from the boy. Uh, you've had a run, a mm-hmm. really, really long. You're yeah. withering away. You're down to 130 pounds. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like working on the rake. Yep. But it's you're like, you're okay. You're back. It's like working with Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, kinda. You're, minus minus the talented money. But he's yes. officially gangly now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that you're back. I'm glad that you're in studio. We missed you the last couple of days. You missed the uh, Rick Tockett interview. I was very upset yeah. that I missed the Rick Tockett interview. How did, how did it go? Did you guys uh, mostly softballs for him? Yeah, I. You know what? The it's end, hard to like after three games. Like what happened in Seattle? But Rick the, absolutely loves Halford. They're best buds now. Two, really? th- two oh, things yeah. on that. One. At the end of an interview, when someone says, wow, those are really great questions, mm-hmm. my immediate response was, I asked him really easy questions. <laughs> Two, someone on Twitter pointed out to me that he ends a lot of interviews like that. Oh, that's uh, too bad. Yeah. You almost played it from your handbook with the, the way you end interviews usually. <laughs> I did generic. ask him if we could do this again sometime. <laughs> he didn't say no. Okay, we got a big show ahead on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. All-Star Weekend is mercifully over. We get back to hockey today. The Canucks and Devils, 4.30 from New Jersey. Canucks are right back in action at 6.30 this morning. Matt Laughlin's going to join us on the show, the play-by-play voice of the New Jersey Devils. We will look at, at, at this buzzsaw, buzzsaw of a team. Have won 8 of 10 going into the break. Uh, Jack Hughes, just a phenomenal season that he's having. Did you know that he signed for $8 million annually? through the next eight years. I think that's an important figure to bring up. What an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, what a dummy. Anyway, we'll talk to Matt Laughlin at 6.30 about tonight's opponent, the New Jersey Devils. 7 o'clock, Mike Tannier, our NFL insider from Football Outsiders. He's also a presentation of the Clayton Public House. Uh, We were going over the notes this morning. You know the the big party that we're having for Super Sunday at the Clayton Pub? Mm -hmm. There's a big addition to the the lineup. Oh, is it the Grey Cup? No, new co-host. Oh. Dan Riccio. Oh no! In addition, in addition, really selling to, it to Randy, <laughs> Randy Janda, and Dan Riccio. Randy and Dan are going to host together. Is he also going to be fired out of uh, a cannon? Yeah, I think so. He could kind of, kind of cannonbally. <laughs> it's, it's a little more manageable. It's a little yeah. more. You can you visualize it a right. little bit more. Anyway, 
Uh, Mike they've, Tanier. They've added, they've added mud wrestling for the two of them, too, to the, the docket. <laughs> it's going to be sloppy. Yeah. Um, Mike Tanier, our NFL insider from Football Outsiders, brought to you by the, the Clayton Public House, is going to join us. It is officially now Super Bowl week. Uh, all the parties involved, that includes the Eagles, the Chiefs, and Moj, all flew into Arizona over the weekend. So we will talk to Moj. Did you see it? Moj posted a video. I saw, him, I saw him yeah, eating his first of four burgers mm-hmm. at In-N-Out. Yeah, that's about right. Moj, yeah. We had Moj on the show on Friday. He was very excited to get down to Arizona. So we will talk to Mike Tanier at 7 is Super Bowl week. Uh, kicks off. We'll go around the N- uh, NFL with him, though, because there's lots of stories about all the quarterback carousel and what have you. 8 o'clock, Ian McIntyre, iMac, is going to join us from New Jersey, where the Canucks are in action tonight. So we can go over everything that happened on a weird s- a Sunday night practice for the Canucks as they got back into it last night. New look lines. There were some guys recalled from Abbotsford. We can get into all that with iMac at 8 o'clock. I mentioned it's the Canucks and Devils 430 tonight. From New Jersey, five other NHL games. Uh, Calgary is also back east right now. They're going to play the Rangers and the Battle of Florida tonight, Tampa Bay and Florida. Eight NBA games. There's a whole bunch of sports. There's a whole bunch of things we need to get into. Let's do that now. Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Miss that? You missed that? It warms the cockles of my heart to look into the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket. Reminder, if you want to get a hold of us at the show, 650-650. Look at the number of people, the well-wishers, mm-hmm. welcoming you back into I the I appreciate fold. that, too. That's very uh, this, nice. This uh, early what we learned from Sea Legs. Uh, if Bruff shows up for work today, I hope he appreciates the hard work you guys had to put out. Better not be a jerk today. I'll use a, a different word hey. for the, the word <laughs> that was he- Better not Did be he a use ju- can't use on radio. Word? Yeah, oh. uh, a Richard today. Oof. Um, when am I ever a jerk? It's true. You know what Laddie said to me is like, I'm glad you're back because there's so much work when you when you're not here. There's so much talking. There, talk to this guy. There was yeah. a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Favorite didn't show up on Thursday. I heard about that. I heard so about that. it was 23 minutes of pure tap dancing. How about? Um, by the way, I was gonna. I was gonna. I, I know we need to get into this Horvat nah, news. That's fine. But how about when we had all that praise for Faber? I know. Do you remember that? We had the, all that praise for Faber. Yeah. The, the people texted in, and I and I wanted to read those texts that, and I called him like he's an up and coming star. You praised him for his hard work. The guy slept in. The, the, right the very it. next appearance, he sleeps in. Yeah. And then he did he get entitled with yeah, like praise, like immediately entitled? Yeah. Well, I don't have to set my alarm clock anymore because Bruff loves me. I'm in the good books. Oh, do, you, do, you know, <laughs> do you know what I did? Is he texted an apology, and then I didn't read it or respond to it for six hours. Nice. Like, I'm just gonna see nice. how this. Let him sweat. And, and then nice. when I responded, good. I responded as though like nothing had happened. I'm like, all good, bro. Talk to you next week. But it was actually the next day. Okay. Uh, there is bigger news than Chris Faber here. It's Bo Horvat. On Sunday, for a half-hour window before Kyrie Irving got traded, Bo Horvat was the biggest news of the day. Stole the headlines early, signing a, wait for it, eight-year, $68 million extension with the New York Islanders, who, of course, recently acquired him from the Vancouver Canucks. It is an $8.5 million AAV it is a big old chunk of change, and predictably, thank you, Canucks fans and Canucks Twitter, all your favorite lines of discourse played out on social media over the last, what, 12 to 24 hours. So there's a lot of takeaways here. There's a lot of directions to go. I'll cede the floor to you. Oh, good for Bo. I mean, 
as the kids say, and said it multiple times on Twitter to the point I got tired of it, he got his bag. That's what the kids say. I think it's, the, I think it's bag. the bag, but point taken. He got his bag? Yeah. The bag? He got the bag? Right. I think it's his bag, too. Got the bag. Anyway, it's a, it's a bag of money. It's a bag of money. And he got it. Uh, also, good luck to Bo because the pressure's on now. Isles fans are going to be expecting big things from this guy, $68 million in total money. You better score some goals for a team that doesn't know how to score goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope for Bo's sake that the Isles have some success. Although, if they don't, he can't say that nobody warned him. Right? Like, well, I don't know if he's on Twitter or checking his DMs um, because I think there's a lot of people that look at this Islanders line up and they look at their cap situation and they look look at their prospect situation and go, okay, well, you're all in right now mm-hmm. and you're not even a playoff spot. God, that sounds familiar. Where have we heard that? You're all in now, but you're not in a playoff Can't spot. Say. Can't put my finger on it. Um, I wonder how much the Isles' ability to sign him to an eight-year deal influenced his decision because if he were to test free agency this summer, the most he could get is seven years. It feels like that extra year of stability is a big thing for Bo. Yeah. It feels like it matches with his personality. So now, what if I could get eight years mm-hmm. of it's, being in the same place and doing the same thing instead of seven? <laughs> he, it's not even about the total money for him. It's the stability. <laughs> yeah. Well, seriously. he was talking about how he was saying the last uh, little while has been stressful for him and that he um, he also said, you know, the Isles culture appealed to him, which I'm sure Lou Lamorello told him to say, mm-hmm. or insinuated that they do have a, they do have a culture there. They do have uh, more of a history with that core group of players. They do have more history of success than he, he certainly saw in Vancouver. Yep. I, yep. Um, they've never really gotten over the, um, the hump. And I don't know if they've ever been considered Stanley cup contenders. I think, like I know I Greg Wish picked them. Once. I know. Well, I think wish picked them this year, but that doesn't really count. No, me. that's just like, I remember when Frank picked the Oilers to win the Stanley cup. It doesn't matter if the media guys yeah. picked them. Like, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's unfair to them, but to me, they've always seemed like, when they got close with Barry Trotz, they got close because they had Barry Trotz and they had the system that they were buying into. It wasn't because I looked at the lineup and saw amazing players everywhere. Right. Like you like some of their players and you like their blue line. Love the goaltending. Yeah, you like the goaltending. Yep. And by the way, I think Sorokin's only a couple years until unrestricted He's- free agency. So yeah. this summer, I imagine they'll try and get him to an extension. Uh I do also wonder what the Canucks could have had Horvat for this past offseason. Like a lot of people, the response was, boy, I'm glad the Canucks dodged that bullet and didn't sign Bo to a $68 million deal. I don't think they would have had to go $68 million if they had come to an agreement this offseason. You know, there's a lot to unpack from this story, even though technically we're talking about a guy that didn't sign a contract with the local hockey squadron. He's elsewhere now, but there's there, so the one point you brought up is an important one because everyone's going to ask what could the Canucks have had him for, and then this is always going to be judged within the context and the confines of the JT Miller deal. We chose one over the other. Mike, the urologist from Brockville, texted in earlier this morning that now that the dust is settled on the Horvat extension and the Miller extension, would it not have been better just to have traded them both? And I can't really argue with that sentiment, but 
at the same time, what's done is done. Mm-hmm. And we sort of move forward. I want to play two tiny bits of audio just to break up the monotony of our voices here. <laughs> Let's hear from Horvat first. And I, you know, he, I know what he's saying, but the way that he's saying it, I really do feel like this particular player with this particular personality was just thrilled to have this done. I don't think he enjoyed the last year. By that, I mean the last 40-some-odd games played. I don't think he loved the offseason. He's a guy that just wants to lock in and play hockey, and I don't think that it's any huge surprise that, as you mentioned, he opted for the longest deal possible. Here now is uh, new New York Islander Bo Horvat on signing his contract extension. How important is this to you to just, you know, to not worry about being an impending UFA and yeah. just having that cleared from your plate? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a relief, um, to be honest with you. Um, it's been a, a mental grind of a year, uh, to say the least, and, um, you know, to, to finally, you know, lock it in and and, uh, and kind of be set up uh, somewhere for, you know, the unknowing was, was kind of the, the place or the thing that was kind of hindering, you know, me and my family the most. So to be locked in here for eight years is, is special to me, especially to my family. And uh, we can't wait to get everybody here. Now, the, the sticker shock on the price tag, I think it was like everyone knew that this was going to be a big money long term deal. I think once the Islanders made the trade, even though Lamorello said publicly, we never got permission to talk to his agent about his an extension. We we're all mm-hmm. like, yeah, but. Kind of feel like there might be an extension here. Seems like a huge gamble or risk right. for you not to have something in pocket. The number was big, and I think Canucks fans are probably going to look at it and say, I wouldn't have wanted the Canucks to pay that. The counter to that would have been, I don't think they would have had they been able to do this deal earlier. But it is what it is now, is that Horvat is a $8.5 million per year guy who is on a bound for regression shooting heater. I think that's maybe fair to throw out there. I don't know if he's going to shoot a 22% for the rest of his year. And now there's a lot of pressure. There was pressure, excuse me, there was pressure before, but now there is a lot of pressure. He is one of the highest paid players on this team. He is one of the guys signed for the longest on this team. And in the immediacy, never mind eight or seven years down the road, the primary goal for him is to jumpstart this offense and get them into the playoffs. That's asking a lot of a guy that's pretty much a 2C. It is. It's asking an awful lot of them. I lo- I like what Horvat brings to the table. I-, I think he did a commendable job here in Vancouver under trying circumstances. But the circumstances aren't trying anymore. I mean, New York is in a... Mentally, they feel like they're in a way different spot. Like, there are expectations of mm-hmm. what they want to do with this team. And there are expectations of what they need, not want, need Horvat to do now that he's a member of the team. Yeah, out of the frying pan into, I don't know, a new, another frying pan, right? Yeah. Like, that's basically a hotter, what it is, a hotter what it is for Bo Horvat. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Uh, what else did you want to hear from Horvat? Well, no, I want to hear from Lou Lamorello. Oh, this okay. is the other interesting part. Is, it, is this, this might be the most entertaining thing Lamorello has ever said. When he said it, I actually took a moment because I was like, did he just make a funny? I'll let it because the question's in the clip as well, right? This is Andrew Gross of Newsday asking Lou Lam about contract details, knowing full well that Lou Lam does not give out contract details. And then it got kind of funny from there. Uh, here's Lamorello on the Horvat extension. I know you don't release contract figures. Is that still stand, or can you let us know what you well, say? All I can tell you is it's too long and it's too much money. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's, I mean, you want the truth? <laughs> you can't handle mm-hmm. the truth. But that is, I, that is, it's a funny play 
from him because he's acknowledging this is a ton. This is a ton of money. This is a ton of term. But I also think it was a, a nod to the fact that that's kind of the market and the game now is that if you want to keep or get these guys and keep yep. them, that's the kind of splash you have to make. Lou also didn't uh, give out bonuses, right? And that yeah. makes that contract, uh, if it gets to this point down the line, more buyoutable than, for example, Louis Erickson's contract sure. was for the Vancouver Canucks because it had all these um, uh, bonuses in it. Like it wasn't worthwhile to buy him out. Um, so that's something to be said for that. But, I mean, that's six or seven years down the line. Mm-hmm. In some ways, I want Bo to have success uh, with the Islanders. But in another way, I kind of don't because the Canucks' fortunes are tied to the Islanders' misfortunes. 100%. Right? Yep. But, you know, I, I, I will be curious to see how it goes for him. Listen, a lot of people, I don't even think we were, we were going to get into this, but a lot of people are texting into the show about this Steve Simmons report. Um, that he ran into some people at the All-Star game or recently or whatever. Let, mm-hmm. let me get this. Uh, this is Steve Simmons, Toronto Sun. We all know him, Phil Kessel, et cetera, et cetera, hot dogs. Uh, he wrote in an article on Sunday. I think this must have been his Sunday notes column where he kind of has a bunch of things that, yep. he, that he writes. Uh, more than This is what he wrote. More than one hockey person I've run into this weekend, I guess he was down in Florida for the All-Star game, believes Jim Rutherford wants out as president of the Vancouver Canucks, that's the kind of mess this situation is in. So when I first read that, I actually went, yeah, whatever. Honestly, like I I did because um, I took that as Steve ran into a couple guys who wondered if Jim Rutherford wants out or that's their opinion. Mm -hmm. And then we had a text with a bunch of media guys here in Vancouver and we're discussing this text chat and no one's heard anything like that. In fact, they've heard the opposite. Right, and there's been reports like like oh his family's not happy here. I'm like, what is this, Louis Erickson again? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's from what I've heard. That's that's not true. Do I wonder? <laughs> do I wonder if Jim Rutherford has any regrets about taking the job? Of course I do. Yeah. Who I mean, who wouldn't? But I can tell you that of the people that I've asked that are more insider than me, there's no reason to believe this. Yeah. I- that that being said. I, in the back of my mind, I still wonder. I mean, who who wouldn't, considering what the Canucks have been through, who wouldn't who wouldn't uh, uh, have wondered if maybe he sits there and goes, "Man, like you know, the way things left, uh, the way things ended in Pittsburgh, did I maybe just take this job because I didn't want my career to end the way it did in Pittsburgh, and now I'm in a real pickle." My words, here. a dilly of a pickle. a dilly of a pickle in Vancouver, trying to turn this team around. Uh, the season's been a nightmare. Uh, you know, I'm not allowed to talk anymore because I keep getting myself in trouble. You know, of course, of course, I wonder uh, if Jim Rutherford still wants this job. But all I'm saying is that when I read this report mm-hmm. from Steve, I took that as, yeah, he runs into a bunch of people that go, boy, I wonder if Jim regrets taking that job. And then he's like, boom, there's something for my column. Yep, that's a, probably exactly what it was. We've been around the big J journalism game on, on occasion at these events where everyone congregates. And it can be what starts as a, man, that situation in Vancouver, eh? Followed by, I wonder this. I'm thinking about this. I wonder that. I'll and just then say it's this. not a long jump to getting into, hey, this made my column. If it was a real report, 
it would have been a lot more than just a throwaway line in his column somewhere. Yeah. If it was a real por- report with yeah. real sourcing, yeah. it would have been more than just a random At the quote. same time, though, it's not completely illogical to have wondered what was in the Toronto Sun over the weekend. That's a, that's a totally logical thing to throw there. Like, it's not, it hasn't been a great year. Yeah. Right? I, anyone, if you were 20 years old or 70 years old, and we're embroiled in that kind of year with all the controversy mm-hmm. and all the losing and all that stuff. It'd be fair to wonder if it's maybe time to, you know, reverse course and go another way. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Let's just allow ourselves for for five seconds here to imagine the season's over and Jim's like, all right, see you later. I'm actually, uh, I'm going to retire. You know, <laughs> I, I, all, we're going way too far down this road right now, but what the hell? We are, but, uh, wh- yeah, why not? We're a, we're a gossipy show. No, it's not. Gossip. We love the tabloids, tabloid we, newspapers. We do. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. He's not a young man. Mm-hmm. And he's taken this role, not as a day-to-day boots-on-the-ground general manager, but as the president of Hockey Ops, as a sort of, like, godfatherly overseer of the organization. Yeah. He's putting things in place. He's hiring a lot of people. He does have a multitude of assistant general managers and player personnel people underneath him. Now, it's all just mindless, baseless speculation and conversation. Yeah. It just so happened that it made the Toronto, was the Toronto Sun, right? Toronto Toronto Sun, Sun, yeah. Toronto Sun on the weekend. We should get into what's going on with the actual team at the moment. Uh, The Canucks are in New Jersey. They will take on the Devils tonight, 4.30 from New Jersey. From one bow to another, it's going to be a big debut for Anthony Beauvillier because he's getting that plum gig on the top line with Pedersen is Kuzmenko, as we kind of speculated last week on this show. That might be the fit. He becomes the Mikheyev replacement for now. How long have you been sitting on that one from one bow to another? Since Jason put it in the notes last night. Oh, it was mm-hmm. Jason. Yeah. yeah. He mostly just steals my material and yeah. then passes it off. <laughs> yeah. He's got some good lines. Anyone yeah, but yeah. Bruff, you're stealing my bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Canucks did return to practice yesterday. Uh, new look lines. The big takeaway, obviously, was that Beauvillier is going to slot into the spot alongside Kuzmenko and Pedersen. Do you think Besser looked at that those lines and was like, hey, awesome. I don't think hey, this, so. This new guy gets this plum assignment, and I'm here with uh, Pod Colson called up from the AHL and dries. Yeah, I don't think. Hey, terrific. I don't think Brock loved the development. You brought up an interesting point in the notes. In so the I notes, yeah. I hadn't even why thought you, about why it. Why don't you just yeah. take, take some more of my. Well, you would think. Halford's like, I just had a thought. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I just had a thought back to your prep. You know, I was just kind of kicking this around. No, um, Besser on the power play <laughs> with Horvat gone. You would think that that would be the fit, right? Like, not only do you need someone to replace the position and the production that Bo was putting up for you, but also mm-hmm. what better way to try and kickstart his season, his you know previous identification and label as a goal scorer, yeah. and maybe his trade value by throwing him out there on the peeper and getting him some stats. Well, or on a line with Kuzmenko and Pedersen, right? I mean, I think the issue there is um, they want – a replica of Mikhaev, right? They want a speed guy, a punt and hunt, and Beauvillier fits. Yeah, I guess so. Besser yeah, no, is, that's true. That's stylistically, true. Besser yeah. is just not a great fit on that line, mm-hmm. right? It usually happens that the new veteran gets a pretty good starting assignment. And it's at least it seemed that way in Vancouver. I don't know how other teams do it, but it's always like the the I mean, even Kuzmenko, right? This year is like, oh, you're signed. All right, you're new here. You've earned nothing. Congratulations. You get to play with Pedersen, right? 
Um, anyway, I'm going to be curious to see what Beauvillier looks like. Because don't forget, uh, I mean, the Canucks are in a position right now where they need to get a lot of guys going in order to help their market value, whether it is Busser, Garland, or even Beauvillier. Yeah. I mean, Beauvillier is an interesting project to revitalize after his value was, uh, his value started to deteriorate in New York with the Islanders to the point where, I don't know, was he a salary dump as part of this deal? It was certainly part of it. We need a better phrasing, but it's not incorrect. Not really? It's like a salary transition, well, like a recycling facility. I think he was available for. I think he was available for free. For he was for, for so <laughs> to the same point. Like he had Garland and Besser status with the New York Islanders, and now the Canucks have him. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, so you know, if one of these guys, or you know, hopefully two, can start to pick up the pace and just up their value, because. We all know that general managers are like short-term thinkers, right? Yes. They're like, well, this guy had a good week. Maybe he's turned it around, it's true. right? It's all about how these guys finish the finish the season. Or maybe even right up to the trade deadline for Garland or Besser. Mm-hmm. But the Canucks have to get some sort of scoring out of Bovillier, Garland, or Besser because these are salaries that they're going to have to try and move at some point. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the day. And Bruff. Joining us from New Jersey, it is Ian McIntyre, Sportsnet's very own, here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, iMac. How are you? Well, I hate Mondays too, but it always cheers me up to be on with you guys. Uh, I can picture Bruff walking around even while under the weather with orthotics in his slippers at yeah. home. Yeah. Just, oh, a, that, yeah. just glides along. Oh, no back pain, yeah. no foot pain. He's, I mean, aside from the stomach pain. Everything else <laughs> is a disaster, but my feet, yeah, are, right. feet are great. <laughs> iMac, what was the takeaway from practice yesterday? Not that just that they got to practice. I'm sure Rick Tockett enjoyed that, but uh, pretty big hole down the middle now without Bo Horvat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, work day one in life after, life after Bo. The guys had obviously had almost a week to get accustomed, get their head around the idea of a trade, but it was still weird. And, and several guys told me that, but you know, the big news is, is talk it in the organization moving swiftly to try to fill uh, some of that void by naming uh, Hughes and, and Pedersen uh, assistant captains, or sorry, alternate captains. Right. And uh, you know, that is, that is where the void that that's where I think the real interest is going to be in how this organization moves and tries to progress between now and the end of the season. It, it sounds kind of mean or, or cruel, but there's always other players like, you know, JT Miller told me it just felt weird not having Bo Horvat in, in the locker next to him. And, and I felt weird covering a night practice in Newark, but I didn't tell him that. <laughs> but in that locker next to him was, was Anthony Beauvillier, who's, who's not Bo Horvat, but he's a solid NHL player. There's always other players. You know, there's never going to be, or should never be, a vacant seat right. in a locker room. But where, where the void is, in, is in what Horvat represented uh, for the organization in, in the public eye. And, and yes, leadership first and foremost, 
It's about doing the right things on the ice, but it's doing the right things uh, off the ice as well. And I think in, in a market like Vancouver, that's, that's almost as important uh, for, for your leader to, to be, um, you know, a statesmanlike representative of, of the organization because it's a challenging market. Just look at some of the things that, that Bo Horvat uh, got asked over the years. It's so much more than just about the power play or the penalty kill or the face-offs and, and the scores at the end of the night. So this is, this is where the organization is now going in a bold new direction, empowering Hughes and Pedersen and seeing if this next generation of players can have uh, a more positive impact on the team. Yeah, I mean, we had Rick talking on the show last Thursday, and it was interesting. The two big takeaways for me was when we asked, like, what's the most important thing you want to do or identify? And he went leadership group right away. It's like, I got to identify the leadership group. And then later in the call, he kind of confirmed that, yeah, you know, uh, Hughes and Pedersen are going to be in that leadership group, and they're going to get letters. So it was very clear from that conversation that this was the way it was trending. And I, you know, I think what people look at the on ice product and what Horvath meant, especially in terms of production and goals and what have you, but it feels like organizationally, the focus is less on that and more on how do we replace Bo and also move on from his tenure as captain and as a leader, because we've got these two guys now that we've clearly, clearly identified as the leaders of the, the team, and one of whom I assume will be wearing the C in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, I asked, uh, I asked talk, and I don't know, uh, forgive me for not hearing your interview with him last week, but I did see, I did see the synopsis and what people had, had tweeted about it. Um, I asked him, you know, why, why the rush? Like, why, you know, talk it's been here three games, two weeks and three games, you know why the rush to to try to do this now, and 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 he just said he, he you know felt that those guys were ready, and that the organization has to move forward. That you can't you can't um, uh, leave this this void and leave leave these questions hanging about who are going to be the leaders on your team. So that's why they've they've uh, identified them right away. But those guys now have to have to grow into this and. I talked to some of the veterans last night. It was another weird thing is being the only uh, print reporter now traveling uh, to cover the Canucks on the road, because it's like there's, there's a buffet of one-on-ones available to me when I walk into, (laughs) when I walk into the locker room and Connor Garland made a a crack about, you know, they can see where all the leaks are going to come from now, if I'm the only guy who's covering the team. (laughs) But you know, several of the veteran players told me that you don't have to be, a finished product, uh, either as a player or a leader, when you're 23 or 24 years old, w- what you have to be is is yourself and embrace the challenge of growing into into that role. And talking last night to to, to both Pedersen and, and Hughes, uh, I think you know there's some trepidation there. I I would say a little more from from Quinn because he says himself he's never been a loud guy in the room he's always been respectful and and listened to older players and players with more experience but they've got to get out of their comfort zone a little bit but I think they both really embrace this challenge and this idea that there's a larger role for them now and it's not only about ice time and points it's about something bigger and something more impactful on the organization 
I'm curious uh, how the Canucks are going to replace Bo Horvat on the power play. I guess they did they do any special teams practice yesterday, IMAC? Because I'm just wondering who's going to get the assignment of being the trigger man, which Bo Horvat often was out there. Will it be the new Bo? Or will it be – I mean, Sheldon Dries at times has done that role pretty well, but I could also see the Canucks organization going, man, we got to get one of these wingers like Besser or Bovillier or even Garland. we got to get these guys going. we got to get them scoring goals so we can trade them. Yeah. Yeah, well, there is that too. <laughs> the the subplot does not change, even even if the surface plot has changed a lot with the trade of – with the trade of Bo, it is a team in transition to answer your question. They practiced last night with Beauvillier in the bumper spot. I suspect that, and I, I didn't have a chance to, to ask talk about that wrinkle, but I suspect that is for a little bit of short-term continuity because he's left shot. So you don't have to change how the power play is set up. Like you would, for instance, if you want, if you want Brock Besser in the bumper, then you have to then you have to operate the power play from the other side. Does that mean you just leave everyone? But now Pedersen is making the passes, or or and you know what effect does that have on trying to set up Pedersen for his one timer on the off wing? So for now, for now it's going to be Beauvillier. I thought it was interesting as well that they had Pod Colson uh, on the second unit, who's another you know great story that is right now being overlooked because of bigger things happening. I shouldn't say great story. He's a big, an important story that's getting a little bit overlooked for now, but he was on the second unit power play. But I think everything, everything now is, is on the table and, and, and open to change. And that, that power play has been pretty bad for a long time. And some people are saying, what are you talking about? It's been straight. Yeah, it was one of the best up until, almost two months ago, really from early December, this has been one of the poorest power plays in the NHL. And so they've, they've got to get more out of it. I, I think, I think talk it, he's shown that he's not afraid to, to make changes and, and his mandate is to start to, again, start to establish some culture and some identity. And I, I think there's, you know, no one should feel secure in their spot right now. How can they get more out of Brock Besser? Well, I think I think Brock has a lot to do with that. I mean, he's he's played a little better uh, the last month, quite a bit better probably than what what he had played previously. I know that judging by the reaction on Twitter last night when I tweeted the lines, a lot of people think he's being punished or not being. A, put in a position to succeed playing on the third line but he has had chances lots of chances higher up the lineup he's had chances on on the top power play instead of Kuzmenko and and they've always gone back to Kuzmenko I think that was a spot where Brock you know could have put some ownership on it um so you know it's it's up to him I don't know that it's necessarily incumbent on a team I think it would be different like if if he was getting 12 minutes a game and, and playing on the fourth line, you know, then, you know, what chance are you giving him? But, you know, there's still solid players. There's not, obviously without Horvat, there's no longer the three big centers. So you can't say that even if you're on the third line, you've got a frontline center because that's, that's not the case now. But, you know, I, I just think it's up to, to Brock to continue to push 
and get more out of himself. Get engaged. Like he, he's so um, he's so good with the puck. Just be, I think, a little more engaged in trying to have the puck and get it back when 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 you don't have it. But he is, you know, he's in such a tough position, you know, with the uh, multiple reports in December that that his agent is now acting on his behalf, looking for for a change. He's seen um, his friend and longest tenured teammate, Bo Horvat, just get traded. Brock Besser is now, unless I'm I'm pretty sure he's now the longest serving Canuck, yeah. which is amazing mm-hmm. if you just think about that in isolation. But, you know, it is a challenging situation. But the the better he does, obviously the better for the team, but the better it's going to be for him. Like if, if he really wants a, a fresh opportunity somewhere else, make the most of the opportunities getting here, and that will help him get a fresh start. IMAC, enjoy uh, Newark as much as you can. <laughs> enjoy this road trip. Um, it's going to be a real interesting one when the Canucks play the Islanders on Long Island. So I'm sure you're going to do lots of writing, lots of reporting, and we'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, lots of stories on this one, and uh, I'm enjoying Newark at the moment by looking out of my hotel room in Midtown Manhattan. Oh, that's a, that's the best way to enjoy Newark from <laughs> yeah. afar. Yes, I'll enjoy it tonight, though. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Imac. See you guys. Have a good week. YouTube, thanks. Uh, Ian McIntyre, Sportsnet's very own here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, update, Bo Horvat is a center again. Just wanted to get that out there. They took line rushes just a couple minutes ago. <laughs> He's back at center, folks. That one-day one foray to the wing in which he pretty much floated back into center. Anyway. Isn't Barzell, a, I know he's listed as a center, but doesn't he spend most of his time on the wing? Yeah, he's. it's been at times. Right. He's done both, like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. But I think they looked at it right from the get and said, the most obvious solution here is you put Horvat in as your 1C and you bump Barzell outside, and all of a sudden you've got a really dynamic top line, which I, they do. I tried to warn you guys you were wrong. I tried. I wasn't wrong. He was. I tried right, to warn you you he, were wrong. He was a right winger yesterday, <laughs> Bo Horvat. He was far right leaning. <laughs> On the wing. <laughs> On the wing. It's a very controversial <laughs> opinion. It's really yeah, weird. Yeah. Uh, let's, do, let's do some what we learned here, and I'm going to start – Yep. Because I learned that Elias Pettersson was on the 32 Thoughts podcast. Beachside. You see yeah, that? Yeah, Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick. I saw, I saw the pictures. They they had uh, Elias Pettersson sprawled out on one of those beach lounge yep. chairs. Oh, that's that a lounge. That's yeah. a full-blown lounger. A lounger. A full-blown lounger. They had the uh, the umbrella up because he's quite fair-skinned. Yep. And, and I think the umbrella was also for Frege. Uh, yeah, he, I don't know if you, he wants to get too much sun. Yeah, maybe Merrick too, and Merrick as well yeah. to protect those tattoos. Yeah, um, we've got some clips from that podcast, and Laddie is telling me via text messages that the uh, there are a couple clips. So I'm going to turn it over to Laddie. Which are the best PD clips that we can play for the audience right now? Well, there was the the first one. It wasn't the question they asked off the bat, but the first one that got kind of a juicy answer, a longer than 10-second answer out of yeah. Patterson was, uh, but what they need to improve, what where the team needs to see improvement. I think I know what he might say, but I want to hear the clip. Where does the <laughs> where does this Canucks team need to be improved, Laddie? It wasn't self-reflective. Elias, it wasn't did, offense. Oh, okay. What did <laughs> Elias Patterson have to say? The back end needs to be fixed up, and uh, let's just hear it from the man himself, Elias Patterson. We need to get our defense defense better i think we're scoring a lot of goals but we're letting it as many if not 
more. So I think we got to definitely gonna get better in our D zone with the structure and everything. I think we will have the guys, but we just gotta clean up the more the, detail. Yeah, oriented. more details, more rules uh, because. We usually get stuck uh, in the zone, and yeah, they seem to score pretty easy goals sometimes. So we, yeah, we got to get our defense. Okay, so just for the record, Laddie did. You kind of made it sound like we got to get better defenseman. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I no, thought that's no, what I you were had, saying. Like that was my takeaway. Like, okay, damn, Petey, he's like, that we got to get better defenseman. The way he worded it, I yeah, he didn't clearly mean it like that. He if said I we got to get better defensively as a team, yes. and then he actually said, I think we got the guys to do it. We just gotta, we gotta get better. But that my. was nearly very. Mind-blowing, actually. My takeaway and subsequent headline <laughs> was going to be, Pedersen, colon, we need new defensemen. <laughs> I think a bit of a language uh, barrier, though, is the cause of that. Yes. No, I, was, I, no, no, like, that's, I think it was your listening barrier. No, no, he said we need better defense. He literally said that. But, I, re- I respect yeah, your he, he meant it in the way that he needs. they need to play better defensively. I respect okay. calling I respect out the, the defense. He was also asked about his relationship with J.T. Miller. This is the big one. Okay, this is this is the big. He says we're going to need J.T. Miller to be traded, according to Laddie. No, okay. So what did what did Petey say about his relationship with J.T. Miller? Just press play. Are rumors about your relationship with J.T. Miller? Is it good or bad or what? How would you describe it? I want to hear it from you. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, I mean, we had a. Differences maybe in some games, but I mean he's a teammate that I respect, and um, yeah, he's someone I like to play hockey with, and, uh, and yeah, there's a lot of speculation, obviously a lot, but uh, he's a teammate I respect. This is not an issue. It's not an issue. Okay. How would you describe him to people that don't know him? I mean, you've seen him on the on the ice. He's a skillful player, um, but he's a. Um, I don't know if. If the emotional is the right word, I mean, he wants to win so bad, and sometimes he he maybe gets too hot-headed. Mm-hmm. If that's the right word, but he's he cares a lot and just wants to win. Okay, it would There's be hilarious if at the end of that one he was like, "Oh, by the way, we need better defensemen." I should yeah. throw that in there. There's a headline: PD JT Miller too hot-headed. Yeah. Now, I feel in this instance, I feel bad because part of it is you can tell he's actually trying to come up with the right word. To explain what he's, of you know, course, you know what I mean? Course. Yeah, like, of course. like there's that to be considered about all of this. Mm-hmm. Is that when the language is not your first, the words don't just come to you automatically. You mm-hmm. don't have this gigantic vocabulary. You can't spin as easily, right? And you know, it's it's unfortunate because the other thing too is that Pedersen's been around long enough. He knows that jackals, far more jackalish than Bruff and I, mm-hmm. are just waiting to pounce. I mean, I remember. So the other thing I talked to talking about on Thursday was uh, the remarks after the Kraken game when he said that they played soft. And he's like, well, you know, I didn't call the team soft. I just want to put that out there. I didn't call the team soft. And I was like, this is the great dynamic that you get when you say something, and then everyone picks it apart and analyzes it. It's just part of the game, really. So I will say with regards to Pedersen, I know this has been an instance, even when he talked with us, is uh, I think sometimes he doesn't necessarily want to go down the road of explaining something, not because he's afraid of explaining it, but because it's you know the the words that he's choosing might not be right. Like, there's nothing wrong. He doesn't want to get radioed, as Frank Cervalli would say. Exactly. He said multiple times, uh, I don't want to create a headline here. Yeah. Yeah. Which will be, um, I don't want to say an issue or problem if he's made captain, but I think he's just going to maybe just need to get comfortable with the fact that things that he says 
are occasionally going to get taken out of context and amplified, right? And he's gonna and he's gonna be like, "Well, I didn't say that, or I didn't mean that, or I didn't want that to happen." Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, it's got to be wildly frustrating. Like, yeah. be- believe me, you know, when Halford and I will have a conversation, um, and we'll be going on, and we'll be like, "Oh, that was an interesting conversation," and then someone will text in with like their view on that conversation that that we had. It's like we didn't say that at all. Yeah. Right, and then it undoes everything. Sometimes people just hear what they want to hear, and yeah. it's frustrating. But but the more the longer that we've been in the business, like we we go like, is it frustrating? Yeah. Is there anything we can do about it? Not really. Yeah. Right, it, the world is noisy. Mm-hmm. It's very noisy. Yeah. Right, and some people have agendas, and some people will hear what they want to hear. Um, and that's why we like to joke about it. Right, like you know, I guarantee you, hot headed people will be running with that oh yeah right that that pd <laughs> he said it jt miller is too hot-headed yeah the headline would be Pedersen colon does not have problem with hot-headed teammate mm-hmm. that's not and it's not i mean to be perfectly honest the the term hot-headed not actually the right one it's pretty accurate well, passionate is, yeah. is what he was going for right he was he's a passionate guy. he cares yeah. about the team he wants to win that's what but he's all doing. of that is that's it's semantics and it's kind of secondary it's very, very obvious that that dynamic, which is going to take another turn completely when they name Pedersen captain and make him the highest paid player on the team, that's a dynamic that's worth monitoring because part of it is the Canucks' own doing, right? They made the decision to hitch a very big financial wagon to Miller, knowing that by locking him in for eight or the, the eight years that he's here, he's here, here until 2030. Um, that was going to run parallel to Pedersen. Mm-hmm. So they made that choice. And if you make that choice, you either have to be um, confident that the relationship is going to be fine or optimistic enough that if it isn't, the two guys are going to be able to be, I don't know, at the very least copacetic and like get along. And, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying they're not, but right now when we talk about re-identified leadership group, what the future looks like, what Tockett is trying to establish. He is trying to establish who the leaders of the team are. Bo Horvath's not in that conversation anymore. He's gone. Mm-hmm. The captain is gone. It's, it's all starting anew and starting from scratch. And so you start identifying who the guys are going to be. Well, one of them is going to be Quinn Hughes by way of the fact that he's one of your best players and he's there for a long time. One of them is going to be Miller because he's one of your best players and he's there for a long time. And then... It's going to be Pedersen, but now, as we add another dynamic to it, you've given him the leadership mantle. It sure seems as though he's going to be the captain. That gives him a lot of negotiation, or a lot of power in negotiations, and a lot of sway over this organization. Because it's Petey's team, really, if you want to look at it. It's Petey's team. We got a text in. Do you want Petey to use a translator in every interview? Because this is how you get Petey to use a translator in inter- any in every interview. I think we're just identifying no, that that's I, the thing. That's I th- all. I think if I want something, it's just to get comfortable with things being noisy around the hockey team. Mm-hmm. That's life as a professional athlete. That's going to be – if he is the new captain of the Canucks – there are going to be things that are taken out of context. He is going to things that are going to, quote-unquote, create headlines, whether or not he likes them or not. Um, that's a challenge, mm-hmm. right? Because in some ways, part of you is like, well, why should I have to accept that? That's unfair. Yeah. Yep. 
That's just playing <laughs> hockey in a Canadian market. Kind of like, is. He's just going to have to get used to yeah. it. Yeah. Like, it's just... I don't see him having a problem with that. I see him adjusting. I'm, I'm I sure hope so, yeah. He'll adjust well to it, Isn't sure. this just the Twitter experience being taken wildly out of context and people misinterpreting what you're saying and getting mad at you for it? Petey's on Twitter. <laughs> like on the beach. Twitter. With Free Generic. Yeah, no, I... Petey I, is always online. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it'll be very fascinating to see because I think a lot of people are obviously pointing to uh, the Sedin era of the captaincy where it's like, wasn't the most loquacious, wasn't the most verbose, but did it in, and Pedersen alluded to this, I think a couple times where he was like, I'm not super vocal. I'm not super outspoken. I prefer to let my play do the talking and, you know, very mm-hmm. typical uh, show, not tell leadership style. The CDs didn't really have a situation like this to deal with though, that I remember either. They yeah, had they a lot are, of success. They're on really good teams, not as yeah. much drama. So. Oh come on! There was so much drama around yeah. like this the though. Sedina. This type Not like, like within the team say, drama. I don't know. I found losing Game Seven in the Stanley Cup Final fairly it's dramatic. A type of drama having, I mean, having, like internal team drama more so. Having there was the Tortorella the era. Like at the end yeah. of the Sedin era, there was quite a bit of drama to deal with. The Luongo trade. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of things happened. Yeah, they had higher highs. Yeah, but they had some things to deal with. They for also sure. they also constantly had their toughness and manhood undercut by several prominent media members uh, on a national scale, and it just seemed like there was free reign to tee off on them because they were never going to verbally punch back. That just wasn't their style. And in the end, um, it you know, in terms of being beloved in a fan base, that very stoic and respectful and I'm not going to do this with words. I'm going to do it with play uh, is endeared them locally forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Must've been tough to do. Must've been tough to do. There must've been some times where they just wanted to tell whomever to go after so themselves. Does, does Petey yeah. just need to shut his mouth and do the grouse grind a couple times or what, what's he got to do? It's not shut your mouth, right? <laughs> Take like the Rutherford approach. No, sometimes no, no. serious words need to be spoken too, right? Yeah. Like you can't just, you can't just use cliche after cliche because then people will say, you never say anything interesting. Mm-hmm. There was a captain that was just recently here that people said that about him. So the, the point is you can't win really in these situations, nothing's going to be perfect. You're either going to be, you're going to say stuff that's, uh, you know, like too aggressive or, or too out there or, or not enough, or you're going to get things taken out of context. So I don't know, just be honest, um, go up there, be yourself, and then try as best as you can to ignore everything that's said. Just like legitimately don't read what's being said. You know? Yeah. And just go out and play hockey. Way yep. easier said than done. Delete Twitter off your phone. Yes. Mitch, just Mar- Mitch ge- Marner did it. General life advice, really, not oh, just for athletes. It. Yeah, right, just in general. <laughs> this is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.